Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their website at www.hopcloth.com or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, and I'm coming to you from the Boise, Idaho area, and my partner in craft and brewery owner in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I got a cooler full of beer. I'm ready to just sit here and, and shoot the shit. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, you know what? We have an extra host Tonight, we have our buddy, Chris McKenzie, representing the Tampa, Florida area. Welcome back, Chris, and how are you doing tonight? Thanks, guys. I am uh, doing very well tonight. Um, glad to be on here to drink some beer with you, and as John said, shoot the shit. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, that's what we're here all about, is just to talk about beer and life and have fun. So let's get started. And of course, if we have any new listeners that are tuning in for the first time to Tap the Craft Podcast, let me tell you what we're all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help you along in your craft beer journey. So thank you for joining us. And uh, in this episode, it is episode 79. We're recording on Monday, July 31st, 2017. And guess what? This episode... 79 marks the first episode in season four. Yes, we are starting off our fourth year of recording this Woo! show. It's a birthday. It's a birthday. So, uh, yeah, it's time to celebrate. I will be changing up things, uh, not in this episode, but in the next uh, couple episodes, I will probably find uh, find some music that will just solidify into the whole season four. But in season three, I kind of mixed up the music every week. And I think I might just uh, find one nice mellow music to, to settle out for the whole season four and change the artwork up, maybe come up with a graphic for a T-shirt that we can get our uh, our friends over at Hopcloth to uh, to make up for us. That would be fantastic if they do that. And so we got a lot of things to look forward to in season four. So welcome. And in this episode, we are going to focus on talking about our top ten beers. Now, we don't know if it's our top 10 beers of all time, if it's just the top 10 beers we love to drink, or just top 10 beers that we just want to talk about. Who knows? But these are our top 10 beers. Everyone loves lists. I hate lists, but everyone else loves them. So we're going to have our own Tap the Craft list. Uh, And so, hey, join in and let us know uh, what you think of our list when we get to that point. And, of course, 
as we already said, we're going to have some great beer conversation along the way. But before we get into all that great content, we have to be drinking some great craft beer while we talk about craft beer. So, Chris, why don't you lead us off and tell us what's in your glass tonight? Okay, so tonight I'm drinking um, an Ohio beer. Uh, I think actually John talked about this one uh, last last episode or episode before that. Uh, from the brew kettle, I'm drinking the Kitka chocolate or coconut chocolate milk stout. Wow. And uh, I'm very fortunate that uh, my lovely wife made a trip to Ohio and <laughs> brought me back all kinds of Ohio beer. Wow. So you made her a mule, huh? She muled for you? I did not ask for it. She did it on her own volition. Okay. Well, awesome. Just because, just because she cares so much. All right. So how do you rate this beer? You like this one? Kitka is one of my absolute favorite beers. Okay. Okay. It's and- not on my list, though. Okay, that's okay. It can be on a different list. This is we're only going to talk about one list this episode. There are lots of lists we we can talk about in future episodes, but for this one, we'll just talk about one. All right. So, uh, John, uh, what's in your glass? So I was inspired by some uh, some recent news uh, for tonight's beer, and that's uh, from Shorts Brewing, their Huma Lupulicious IPA. Okay. Um, which has a, a very firm bitterness, um, which is a really stark departure from a lot of the uh, like juicy, fruity IPAs right now that you know don't have a whole lot of like perceived bitterness. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm enjoying it so far. About halfway through, I think I think I'll finish it. So. Okay, and and <laughs> and this is I mean Schwartz is a Michigan brewery. Are you okay drinking Michigan beer? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I know that it there's a... a pee in the end. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, here's the only good thing to come out of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, all you Ohio guys, uh, I know there's a big giant rivalry between Ohio and Michigan, so that's why I had to bring that up. But hey, yeah. you know what? If beer can bring you guys together, then that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a start. It's a start. So, how about you, Danny? What are you drinking tonight? Well, I am drinking a local beer from Payette Brewing. It's the 8 Second Ride Double IPA, Imperial IPA. And I have not had this beer before. It comes in a nice 22-ounce bottle. It's, uh, I think it's like 8%, yeah, it's 8% alcohol. Uh, this is almost the equivalent of like a New England Double IPA with rye in it because it's a, definitely a cloudy beer. It's not filtered, very cloudy. And it comes across really kind of juicy. So I wonder if this is like their interpretation of a New England IPA with a little bit of that rye um, spiciness to it. But it it comes across really kind of like tropical fruity, too. I'm really enjoying it. And it it hides that 8% really well. So uh, I had a bunch of friends that had it and really enjoyed it. I am uh, really enjoying this, too. I haven't yet logged it in untapped. I will probably forget before the end of the night, and I'll never log it. But uh, if I were to log this right now, it's at least a four cap rating. I really, I really like this beer. So all, all my Boise uh, peeps out there, go out there and try this eight second ride. I think you guys will enjoy it. All right. So as we like to do, we like to talk about some real life events that go on uh, surrounding our beer life. So John, what kind of fun beer activities have you done since our last recording? 
Yeah, so uh, Chris and I had market research night. Um, oh, otherwise night. known as date night. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> so we uh, we went over to Seven Sun Brewing, where we're getting our uh, our brew house from, and uh, had a couple beers and um, had some awesome uh, like Hawaiian uh, inspired food from uh, the Aloha Streetery uh, food truck, uh, which we were talking to them, and hopefully we can get them out to the brewery sometime because it okay. was amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had some, some IPAs, uh, double IPAs uh, over there. And, um, and then we, we went over to, to land grant, uh, brewing company who had just done a, a collaboration with seven sun and, uh, land grant has kind of a sports theme for a lot of their stuff. And, um, seven sun is, uh, much more free spirited. Uh, so they did this Goza collaboration uh, called Sports and Jorts, and uh, they they each took uh, took the beer and um, kind of did their own thing with it. So uh, Land Grant went with like a lemon lime uh, type thing, mm-hmm. which kind of like a Gatorade yeah. um, kind of thing, and then um, Seven Sun did uh, I think it was passion fruit and guava. Oh, nice. Um, which was which was nice. Um, I preferred I preferred the sports version. Uh, was my personal preference. Kristen enjoyed uh, the jorts, mm-hmm. um, but uh, had a good night. Uh, happened to run into uh, our our contractor at at uh, Land Grant. That was a, a chance meeting. Um, so <laughs> that was that was kind of nice. I got to talk to him for a little while. Did he buy you a beer? And, uh, no, no. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but uh yeah it was a good night and um it, it was fun uh you know even though we still talked a lot about the the brewery it was much more relaxed and off on our own not having to worry about you know the kids and yeah. other stuff so yeah so so i'm really curious about these goza so exactly like when you first said a goza with lemon lime the first thing that came to my mind before you even said it was Gatorade because that's what Gatorade is, right? It's like a, like a kind of a, a not a too salty, but a little bit of a, of a electrolyte, uh, lemon lime type flavor. Why did you prefer that character of the Goza versus the more fruity Goza with the passion fruit and the guava? Um, it, it was very refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the night had not yet started cooling off yet. And that might have been part of it. Uh, it's still pretty warm, even with the the breeze that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I I, have, I was having trouble quantifying. There was something um, that just wasn't coming together exactly for me in the uh, the other beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still very nice, but it just you know when you start nitpicking, yeah. That, and it there was just something that wasn't didn't quite click the way the other one did. Um, so, okay, did I don't know. We, we were discussing it and I still couldn't like put my finger on exactly what it was. You, you, so. th- you think that the, the fruity flavors in those, cause those are some strong fruit, fruit, uh, flavors where they coming across maybe a little too sweet for your taste on that. Maybe. No, it, it wasn't sweet. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I, I'm not sure exactly how they did the fruit, um, 
So I, you know, one of the things I thought was maybe, you know, you get a little extra, um, pith or rind or skin you yeah, know, in there yeah. and maybe that's what it was. I, you know, I'm not sure. I don't okay. know exactly how they did it, but, okay. um, but it was still, it was still a nice beer, but, uh, I just, the other one just kind of hit the spot for me. That yeah. Night, yeah. So. They actually, they both sound really intriguing to me. I would like to try both. So, um, yeah, it, I don't know. They both sound like good gozas. Like I, I enjoy a good goza, and I I like to try different uh, techniques of of coming across with with the flavors. So uh, the lemon lime, I haven't really had a lemon lime uh, goza. I've had like a lemon mint or lime mint, I guess uh, goza, which is really good. I really like the lime mint, um, and I ha- and I've had some fruity. Uh, gozas, but not quite the guava passion fruit type uh, thing. That sounds uh, very interesting. So, yeah, I have to look for some of those flavors around my area too, and see if I can get some of that uniqueness. Yeah, I hadn't had any of the lemon lime type either, um, but uh, it, it worked really well, at least for space beer. So, all right. So, Chris. What, what, how about you? What what do you uh, had going on since uh, last time we talked? Well, we, at least this last week has been kind of lame as far as beer goes. But um, I'm just getting over about a week long cold, and uh, kind of had to lay off the beer for a little bit. And uh, Denny and I were talking earlier that maybe I should have drank more yeah. beer to probably gotten <laughs> gotten better a lot sooner. It's a miracle yeah, or cure, you, or you just wouldn't have cared that you were sick. Uh, yeah, but you know what? The cough syrup was good. It did. The cough syrup did good stuff. There you go. Um, but yeah, I went to uh, went to visit. Um, uh, we had a, a cousin in town in Orlando, so we drove up and saw them. Went over to Sea Dog Brewing uh, over in Orlando, and uh, had some lunch and tried a five or six of their beers, and just kind of that's been the uh, beer excitement for us <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, anyway. So, but. Uh, uh, what about you, Denny? What have you been up to? <laughs> mm-hmm. Come, come on, Chris. Are you? Re- that's really all you're going to talk about? Is you had yeah. a couple beers? I, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go into mine yet because I know you've had more excitement. Let's see. You went to a Roger Waters concert. There's got to be good beer at the concert. You went to a no. Dave Matthews concert. No. So at Roger Waters, the only thing I could drink there was Bud Light. That's all they had. There's nothing else was- to drink. It was Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors Light. Okay. How about and, Dave Matthews? Um, Dave Matthews, I was actually just at a uh, – one of the members from Dave Matthews has another band that was playing at actually at Rock Brothers. Um, so I had uh, – while I was at Rock Brothers, I had a, a Hootie's Homegrown Ale. Oh, yeah. About it. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that one. <clears throat> um, but, uh, yeah, at, I mean, at Sea Dog, nothing really stood out um, – as you know, I'd be excited to go back and try it again. Okay. Yeah, you know, the food was good. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is that the? Uh, are there many breweries in the Orlando area? Is that the only one there, or do you know of any other ones you could have visited? There's a few of them there, and um, there's not a lot, but there are there. There's a handful there, and I'm not too familiar with the area. Okay. To. Uh, to know a whole lot about what's there, and we okay. just, we're not we're not up that way because that's about an about an hour hour and ten minutes from where we are, so we're not up there too much. Okay. Uh, 
All right. Okay. So I'll go into mine since you were. I thought you had a lot more greatness. I I see you logging all these beers and all these things, and you're drinking. You're enjoying sours. You didn't talk about the sour you enjoyed uh, a couple of days ago. I mean, I'm I'm I, I was getting excited to hear about how you're really enjoying sours now. Well, I did have a sour earlier before we got on today. Um, but what did I have? What, what did I have a couple of days ago? I, I've been drinking, honestly, I've been drinking so many Berliners and stuff lately <laughs> that they're all starting to run together. Okay. And, uh, okay. I can't keep them, keep track of them. No problem. No problem. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you slide this time. That's fine. But for all me, right. for me though, um, as we mentioned in the last episode, I, uh, traveled overseas to Israel. I normally have some great beer in Israel and I did have a few craft beers there that I hadn't had before but honestly there is nothing you know that too special and I and we were going to go to a brewery in fact we were headed to the brewery uh, on a weekend and then my wife on the way to the brewery got literally got ill and I had to turn around and and go back to take her home back to the hotel because I did not want to you know have her be miserable at a brewery but, uh, yeah, so my Israel trip went well, but I don't have any real good beer uh, talk there. But I will say that one thing that really excited me is that there is a bonus to having Lagunitas owned by a bigger brewery like Heineken, is that now Lagunitas beer is on United Flights. And I was able, you know, when you take international flights, you're able to drink beer for free on international flight. So I was able to drink Lagunitas 12th of Never beer uh, to and from Israel, which was a very pleasant surprise because normally there's just not, you know, they might have Goose Island on there if, if you get lucky, but pretty much it's Heineken and Coors and, and Miller Lite and, and the regular big beer stuff. But I was able to enjoy Lagunitas, so that was pretty much a highlight of my of my travel. Is I got to drink some decent beer. So there is there are benefits to having uh, sellouts out there. Um, also, last night we went to you know how breweries these days are really trying to appease a, a multiple a, a variety of crowds to come into their brewery. And so you have trivia night, you have open mic night, you have bands that come and play or, or, or musicians. They try whatever they can to get people to come into their brewery and, uh, and, and enjoy whatever's going on and also buy beer and drink and have fun. Well, the newest thing that I found is there's, breweries are starting to bring in these painting companies. You know, those, those companies that come in and, and they, uh, you, you, you buy a ticket to to learn to paint a, uh, you know, some kind of a, whatever, whatever they're going to paint. Like last night we went to Mad Swede Brewing and we did the painting club thing for uh, a Paris, a night on Paris. So we painted uh, the Eiffel Tower silhouette and we drank beer and, uh, we, you know, we had a good time. Now, was the artwork that we created fantastic? Uh, no, no, you'll probably never see uh, a picture of my crappy artwork, but... The time we had with my friends and, uh, you know, joking around and, the, I mean, there were some serious uh, funny jokes that were going on that I just literally, I'm trying to paint and I'm laughing and tears are, are coming out of my eyes because I'm just laughing so hard at what my friends are, are commenting and, and all the good times. So 
uh, I will say that if you have an opportunity to go and do one of these painting experiences, you know, you, you pay $20, you get a canvas and some paint and an instructor that, you know, walks you through how to paint this uh, scenery or whatever you're doing, and you get to drink beer, go ahead and try it. It's fun. Um, you might enjoy it. Have you, have you guys experienced anything like that where you go and do a painting at a either a coffee shop or a brewery? Uh, I haven't. I know um, Megan has. Uh, she's done it. I want to say she's done it twice now. Um, but I know she had a lot of fun. I've just never been invited. Oh. Yeah. It's probably because I'd probably get too uh, belligerent and loud. <laughs> well, I, I will say that we did get – we were pretty loud. And maybe you might say we're belligerent too because we weren't watching our mouths. Uh, and like I said, the jokes were running wild and we weren't, you know – reining them in and uh yeah it was fun and i hope the people that were at mad swede don't remember who we are so uh, it might be a little embarrassing later on well then it means you did it right yeah no we had fun that's what matters so okay all right so john why don't you go ahead and fill us in on all the happenings going on at trek brewing i know you guys have been uh you know you know, getting the building situated for your new new setup. So what's been going on? Oh, well, a lot of our Indiegogo perks are arriving. Um, so we're prepping for fulfillment already. All right. Um, send, them, send them. Send them. Send them. I'm so, ready. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're still waiting on a couple of things, but uh, hats and signs both arrived today. Mm. So it's exciting, and they, they look good. Okay. So uh, we're we're excited to get start getting this stuff out um, to folks, and uh, it's looking like we'll at the very least meet our uh, our promised September. <laughs> you know. Wait, September's so. a month away. You said you're getting stuff <laughs> yeah. in. I want it now. I can't wait. At the I need at the it. very least. Yeah. <laughs> at the very least. Um, but uh, apart from that. Uh, Last week, I actually went over to uh, Seven Sun, okay. um, I mentioned already, and, and uh, did a brew day um, with them. They were brewing a couple uh, pilot batches, five-barrel pilot batches on the brew house. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They were brewing five-barrel pilot batches on a 15-barrel system? Correct. Wow. Okay. So um, I uh, tagged along for those and... Uh, uh, getting a better idea for the ins and outs of the system, um, learning the their procedures on how everything works um, and all that, uh, just getting more familiar. I, I'll be over there uh, probably at least a couple more times um, for these brew days to to get situated for it, um, get ready um, for when we you know take take delivery. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good time and good folks over there. So. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned, uh, getting the building ready. Uh, we've had more demo. I feel like I keep saying that. I can't <laughs> wait to stop saying demo. Yeah. I want to see um, build up, build, build. Yeah, exactly. I keep telling them I, I don't want to take things out anymore. I just want to put them back in. Um, but, uh, we've finally submitted for permits. So, uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll get, get those back and hopefully it's clean and we don't have to, you know, revisit and, make adjustments because that could just trigger a whole big loop of that. Um, 
but uh yeah i think i think we'll we'll be okay with we've done our due diligence on these so uh hopefully we'll be all right okay so going back to our last episode when we were talking about scaling up the you know your your brew recipes by any chance did you know you mentioned that a lot of breweries use spreadsheets that uh, already have their, you know, the brew systems uh, efficiencies built into the, the spreadsheet. Did they mention that they might be able to provide you with some of their spreadsheets for their current brew system that they were finding that was working well for them so you can have a, a starting point for when you start using the system? Or are you going to be starting fresh? Um, so they sent me their standard operating procedures, Um for you know when using the system you know turn this lever now turn that lever <laughs> you know make sure it's closed this is closed before you do that okay, you know okay all that kind of stuff um and then they actually use uh the same uh software that i use for oh. formulating the recipes so okay. i was talking with them about uh settings in there what they're doing okay so, um yeah I, I think i'll be i'll be all right and even you know when it comes day of and I have an issue, I'm confident that I can call over there and get get an answer pretty fast. So. Okay. So so they they were willing to give you their settings for the configuration of the system so you can just punch it into your, your software and be ready to go, right? Yeah, I mean and then it's not it's not any like trade secret or anything. It's just this is what you get out of the system, so that's what you can plan for. You know, okay. it's not it's not like uh, this is the secret sauce to anything they're doing. Okay. Um, so, I I just want you to be successful right out of the gate. So that's why I'm pressing. Yeah, you're you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's hey, it's looking good. I I'm looking forward to hopefully in our next episode, you'll be putting walls up and and building things instead of just tearing things down. I'm I'm really uh, excited to hear about the building. Yeah, I, I hope that that's the case. Yes. So. All right. Well, hey, let's get back into beer. And Chris, what uh, what noteworthy beers? I know you you mentioned that in the last week you've been sick and you haven't been drinking much. But let's go. Feel free to go back even a month to the last time you were on the show and mention any noteworthy beers that you want to talk about on the show. Did it go back a month? I can't even remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> Come on, man! Don't be whipping out. Just you gotta <clears throat> suck it up and go back and th- and and use that brain power. All right, brain power is gone. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with one that's local here. Uh, it's called uh, Buddy's Barley Wine from Zephyr Hills Brewing Company. Um, which um, it's funny because the guy that owns the place, Robert, told me when he was he had just brewed this beer. He had never had a barley wine before. So I was fortunate enough that I got to try it right out of the, uh, right out of the, um, out of one of the tanks that he had. And it it was really good then, but, uh, it came out, uh, for Tampa Bay beer week in March. And I finally got to drink mine, uh, last week or the week before that. And, uh, for a guy who has never actually personally drank a barley wine and had no idea what it was going to taste like, 
Uh, this was an absolutely phenomenal beer. And uh, I, I hope he continues to make that one because that was – I don't always like barley wines. I feel like I'm about to do a Dos Equis commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, I would, I would drink that one a lot. It, <clears throat> it was really smooth, and, and it had the, you know, the, the, the dark fruit flavors and some caramel flavor to it. And, and it, was just, it was just very pleasant to drink. There was nothing harsh about it, and it – I don't know how he does it, but all the time, every time he makes a beer, it just comes out right. Um, he's a little anal retentive, though, so that might be why it's always good. Um, and then we had uh, here. I'll go back. I'll go back to July twentieth. That's about as far as I'm going back. Um, uh, had uh, some sours that came to a, a bar near us called the Mermaid Tavern. It was. Um, a brewery called Inoculum Ale Works, and everything they seem to do is either um, kind of sour or saison or uh, yeah, everything I'm looking at is showing like Berliner Weiss and Berliner Weiss, and this one was uh, saison farmhouse, which I don't know how that one was a saison farmhouse because. That didn't taste like a saison. Um, anyway, <clears throat> they had one that was called uh, Volt which if I remember correctly, it was a blackberry Berliner Weiss. Um, and it was just, it was, it had just got done raining when I got there and it was really probably 90 degrees and still really ridiculously humid outside. And it was just so refreshing to just sit there and drink that. It was not really super tart, but it was just tart enough that you just wanted to drink some more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they had another one that had, um, not sure which one this was. Uh, Kubiko, Kubiko, I can't even pronounce it. It's K U E B I K O hmm. from Inoculum as well, and it had um, green tea in it. Oh yeah, and uh, I've had a couple other beers with green tea in it that uh, I've actually really enjoyed that, and I'm looking forward to maybe trying a few more of a uh, few more, you know treatments with green tea mm-hmm. i think it's a that's a good flavor that comes in the in the beer yeah um let me see here and we'll go with uh one from jay wakefield brewing uh down in miami just their uh their red ale this or their amber ale it's called uh, amber waves and it was nice and nice and malty but it was still had a little um still sweet from the malt but it was it wasn't overly sweet and the hops really stood out in it that just, um, and again, I'm trying to remember what was, uh, what stood out so much about it, but it, it was just, and again, Jay Wakefield is just another brewery that everything they put out is just good. Um, so I get kind of spoiled with just having to go to Jay Wakefield. And <laughs> I get to just try whatever they have and then just, I know it's going to be good, and they haven't failed me yet. So yeah. let's well, let's see where we go from and there. And so far, all the breweries you've mentioned are all f- look like f- smaller breweries that uh, that are in in the local area. So it's I mean, I, I haven't heard of any of the. I mean, I, I've heard of your Zephyr Hills because you mention them all the time. I know they're friends of yours. You help build the brewery when they were uh, asked for help. But that's the only only thing I know of of that brewery is from which you talked about, and then. Now you just mentioned two more 
that I've never heard of that uh, seem like they're pretty small, uh, you know, businesses that that you're able to get to, but make fantastic beers that may not make it out of the Florida area. I know, um, I know Jay Wakefield just did a collaboration with, um, burial beer company up in Asheville. Okay. Um, and then, um, I know an, an inoculum, uh, I'm not sure of their size. They're about an hour and 10 minutes from us as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll make it up to them anytime soon, but you know, just got a free time on a Saturday. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are some great, uh, some great uh, beers that uh, for anyone that's down in Florida, go check those out. And Chris is always bringing some unique uh, stuff to the show, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So if if there is anyone out here in the Tampa area, just uh, reach out. We'll go have beers, and because you know I'm always up to maybe buy someone a beer. James oh. Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what about you, John? What have uh, what have you had that's new and noteworthy in the last since last time we uh, recorded? Yeah, so I'll start with one that uh, Denny talked about, uh, and I finally got my hands on because uh, they were out at the bottle shop when I went back right after he told me about it. <laughs> um, which is the uh, Founders uh, Sumatra Mountain Brown? So good, is, uh, huh? coffee brown ale. <laughs> um, which uh, I ended up giving a five cap to. Unbelievable! So when I saw you rate that, I'm wow. like, get out of here! No way! John gave a five cap rating to a beer. Yeah. So, um, uh, I actually had this on Nitro. Um, we oh, were wow. out with the in-laws um, at a pizza place, and they had this on Nitro, and I uh, picked that up. And uh, I mean, this is an an excellent, excellent. Uh, coffee beer yeah um it just comes through uh just very very nicely um and yeah i enjoyed this beer a ton and uh yeah kristen actually um had some of the uh, nimble giant there mm-hmm. um so that that nice beer list um at this place so i think we'll be heading back there from time to time yeah. um but uh yeah great recommendation and uh you know if it's still around i definitely will uh second uh denny's recommendation yeah, on that yeah. well I, i've got more in my fridge so it's it's a beer that i'm willing to buy more of so it's good nice <laughs> yeah um so my my next one is uh from a local place that just opened up uh a few months ago and that's combustion brewing and this is their uh, now we're talking uh, double IPA, mm. um, which I had at a brunch event that they held, um, where they had like a brunch buffet that was uh, done by a local um, restaurant, and uh, they had um, a flight of uh, beer mimosas um, that you could do, uh, which Kristen did, and I like well i'll just try that double ipa i've never had before so um and uh turns out i i really enjoyed my choice um but uh this place has just been doing great stuff i think if you look through my uh check-ins from there um we made a few trips down uh, to check them out and uh they're just across the board they're doing some awesome awesome things so um if you're in the pickerington ohio area you know 
go check out combustion <laughs> brewing um but uh it's a real nice nice spot and they're they're doing a lot of cool events and, and other things that we're definitely taking notes on right now so all right um yeah and then i'll finish up with uh with a new uh sour that i that i've picked up and that's from uh, mad tree brewing down in cincinnati mm. that's their shade hmm. uh which is a blackberry um tart ale i think is how they describe it um but the the blackberries are just very bright um the fruit comes across very nicely um works very well with the the tartness um and this has been uh i've only got a couple of them left it's kind of been my uh my palate cleanse um <laughs> late, lately like it just it's very nice very refreshing um and uh just kind of cleans it off but gives a really nice like bright fruit flavor which you know can sometimes get muddled especially with the added acidity um from some of these sour beers but um yeah i've been i've been really enjoying that one and i I might see if i can pick up another six pack before it disappears nice so um but yeah i think that that's it for me so uh, how about you denny all right, so I had a few uh, noteworthy beers, and I'm starting off with a collaboration between Firestone Walker and Beavertown out of the UK brewery, and this is their Westside Bevo IPL, India Pale Lager, and this beer um, really surprised me. Uh, I've had other india pill lagers before and yeah they're pretty i mean they're good they're lager with a little bit of hoppiness to them but i'll tell you what this ipl had some really good like fruity uh hop flavors in there uh with a little bit of a sweetness for the malts you know in there too so it was really uh, an enjoyable lager with a little bit of hop presence and i don't know if either of you guys have had an opportunity to try this beer have you guys uh, even heard of this beer before? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to recommend that anyone who hasn't heard of this uh, Westside Bevo IPL should go out and try it. It comes in uh, six packs, cans, uh, and it's really good. It's really easy drinkable, easy to drink, and I really enjoyed it. I gave it four a four-cap rating. Uh, I really liked it. So go, go try it. Uh, the next beer is from Israel, and while I was in Israel, I did try some some beers that I hadn't had before, and this is from the brewery that we were going to visit. Uh, we I had this beer before we visit, we were going to go visit the brewery, then we never made it to the brewery, but this is from uh, Sergim uh, Brewing in Israel, and it's the Emek Hala Belgian Triple. So this is a Belgian Triple L, and I think it was like 11% alcohol, uh, it was a pretty strong triple, but I'll tell you what, this was a very, very flavorful and tasteful uh, Belgian triple L from Israel. I really enjoyed it. I gave it a four cap rating also. And then the last beer I'm going to mention is from an American brewery out of the San Diego area. It's a Belching Beaver uh, Brewing. All about the beaver tonight. Yeah, it's all mm-hmm. about the beaver. And this beer, I'll tell you what. I mean, I've enjoyed Belching Beaver beers since they've come into the Boise area. I've really enjoyed them. But there have been some hit or misses. 
And I'm, I, but I'm still willing to try everything that comes in. And I'll tell you what, this beer that I'm going to talk about right now, I really enjoyed. And it's the Deftones Swerve City Pog IPA. What does Pog stand for? Well, you know what? John talked about passion fruit and guava. This is passion fruit, orange, and guava IPA. And this IPA is, I'm thinking they were trying to go for that New England style, hazy, fruity, you know, IPA, uh, juicy IPA. Guess what? This sucker hit every aspect of it. I think I mentioned on Untapped when I logged it that the aroma and the flavor comes across like, like when you're a kid and you had those assorted flavored uh, Pez candies in the Pez candy dispenser. It smelled and tasted just like Pez candy. It had all these fruity, sugary kind of sweet flavors, but it didn't come across too sweet. It came across like a IPA, but with a lot of juicy flavor, and the beer was ha- a little bit hazy. Um, I really, really enjoy this beer, and it's a collab- it's it's based off of I guess they're a big fans of the Deftones uh, band, and they did a couple beers. I have another beer in the fridge I haven't drank yet from the Deftones, uh, you know whatever they're they're doing with the the branding from Def- Deftones. But if it's anywhere as good as this beer, I'm going to be very excited to drink that one too. So if you can get the Swerve City from Belching Beaver, I say go grab it. I think this beer is a great IPA. For anyone who likes IPAs and who doesn't like IPAs, I'm telling you, if you have a person that hates IPAs because they're too bitter, then this beer is perfect for them because it's not too bitter. It's got a really great flavor and doesn't come across too bitter. And I think it, like I said, I think it mimics a New England IPA pretty well uh, as far as uh, unique, juicy flavors. Now, have you guys had this beer? No, we don't get Belching no. Beaver out here. No, no. And John, you yeah, never had it I, before. I didn't have it before we left Seattle. Okay. And we don't get them here. So. All right. I I gave it a four and a half cap rating, so it's definitely uh, you know, top notch. Uh, go try it. Go try it. All right. So that's my noteworthy beers, and let's go into some feedback from the last episode. And I'm going to start us off. We had a new listener, Mr. Brad F- uh, Fatler. He wrote us a very, very nice email. Uh, he's saying how he was looking forward, or I, you know, he was looking for a new craft beer podcast to uh, to listen to, and he found us, and he was very pleased to to hear, uh, you know, to, to find our uh, format and the way we talk about beer and come across in a easy to the to, to listen to uh, format, and he is also from Ohio. And he said he is uh, looking forward to visiting John's uh, Truck Brewing when they open. He actually went to school in Columbus, Ohio. He's now living in, uh, I think he said, Cincinnati, Ohio. So he's not too far away. Uh, and I think he was born in Cleveland. So he's lived all over, you know, from from top, from north to south to central Ohio, right, John? Is that, that, that covers everything? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. All the major places, anyway. Yeah, all the all the major major places. So he says that he really enjoys pale ale. Pale, man, I am. Maybe I've drank too much tonight because I'm really getting 
tongue tie, but he no really he really enjoys pale ales, and in recent years he's found that he is also enjoying Belgian ales, and he likes the farmhouse saisons, which is what I really enjoy myself. So I'm glad that that Brad is enjoying some of the same beers that I enjoy. But he says he he's he also enjoys some sours, but he doesn't like the dark uh, styles very much. He says those are his least favorite. So that's where we differ a little bit because I love my dark beers, my stouts, my porters. So, Brad, thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in and uh, chatting with us. And you know what? Don't give up on those dark styles. You'll find it. Ease ease yourself in, and I think you'll find that you'll start to appreciate some of those darker ales. And we have some shows. Uh, If you go back and listen to our earlier shows, we do talk about some uh you know some getting into some dark ales and some uh darker styles that might help you and en- enjoy uh, those styles a little bit more so john yeah, well, oh go ahead Chris. I, was gonna, I was gonna say if you if you ever have a style that you don't like you just haven't tried enough of them yeah that's right keep trying try them until you find the one you like for sure so hey john you want to uh read jason lacy's uh comment yeah, our buddy Jason Lacey at JW Lacey of uh, Flux to Pose and Battle of the Beer fame uh, contacted us on Twitter. He said, uh, all this Founders Brewing talk, mm, uh, time to leave work early. <laughs> and he said, uh, also, John is correct about Hop Slam, uh, released January, February, and only has a three-month shelf life. So I knew there was a reason I like Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime that somebody uh, reaffirms your correctness, John, you always have a affinity towards them. That's for sure. Yeah. He's and when they the don't, we don't even read those on the show. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's one of the good things that comes out of Michigan, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jason and uh, Lucas, both fantastic. And Tim Price. Don't forget our buddy Tim Price is also from Michigan. But um, so I need to go visit Michigan and drink Hop Slam fresh in the early months of the year. So. I need to plan that trip in, you know, in uh, wintertime uh, and try that beer fresh because obviously April was way too late <laughs> when I had it because it was pretty crappy. <laughs> All right. So we had a listener, cre- uh, listener question. And Chris, you want to go ahead and read our listener question? Sure. So this, uh, this comes from our buddy Tim Price at Tim Price 75 on Twitter. He asked us, so New England IPAs, I'm seeing them everywhere lately. Are these the flavor of the week or something that will stick around? What do you guys think? Yeah. What do you think, John? Uh, I think we're past flavor of the week timeline at this point. Um, (laughs) And uh, there's actually a lot of research going into these, this type of IPA right now. Um, and un- unfortunately, a lot of folks just associate cloudiness yeah. um, with this style. And there are actually recipes out there that just say, add flour. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not, I'm not kidding. No, I wish I was no, joking no, about no. that. That's actually a thing. And, like, you know, some brewers are just skipping, you know, crashing the yeast out. And they're just sending out really yeasty beer. And, you know, that's not really what the style's about. Um there are a couple strains of yeast um, that they think uh, is having a biotransformation with the hops, and it's a way that they are interacting with the hops and 
manipulating some of the compounds in the hops that is actually, you know, giving these IPAs this character. Um, and there's research going on right now into what exactly that looks like and and what's causing it and, you know, what, what you should be doing, um, you know, to get this character right from these. And, uh, you know, the, it, it's going to stick around mm-hmm. um, largely because anything that says IPA on the can or bottle sells. Yeah. Um, that's why you see a lot of pale ales that are marked session IPA when they're really just a pale ale, but they sell 20% more if they have IPA <laughs> on the label. So, um, unfortunately that, that drives a lot of, uh, decisions. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, the market will weed out these, uh, you know, poor attempts at the new England IPAs and, uh, we can, uh, ha- have a style stick around that, that actually, is quality. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, John. I think honestly, the style has been around for many years. It just hasn't been adopted by a lot of the breweries. Now we're starting to see a lot of the breweries from across the country start to try to brew some of these New England IPA styles. And some of them do it really well, and some of them don't do it really well. And I've even had some breweries that I really adore make an attempt at a New England IPA that, in my opinion, is a failure because it doesn't necessarily grasp, you know, what what I, you know, what, what I expect from that New England style. And Yeah, and, you know, another thing about these is that their shelf life is, is short. insanely short. Yeah, it's very like, short. <laughs> we, I mean, we talk about IPAs being drink fresh. I mean, these you have like two weeks. Yeah. Three weeks, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you gotta be drinking them, uh, or you lose a lot of what makes them good or what they say makes them good. For sure. Um, so these are something drink local, drink fresh. If you want to experience it, um, don't, you know, pick up the one from your, your national and, uh, it's been there for two months. So, yeah, for sure. I agree. And, and, uh, like I made a, a comment that. Uh, that Payette eight second ride beer that I was drinking earlier. I'm already finished with it, but what I was drinking earlier, what, you know, kind of pays tribute to that new England style. I don't think they brewed it to be a new England IPA, but it mat. I mean, it has so many characteristics that I see in a good new England IPA that I can kind of myself classify that as a, you know, it came out cross hazy. It had that juicy, uh, you know that, I mean that unique flavor of the of the juiciness in in the IPA, and it came. I mean, it came across with that mouthfeel. Everything to me mimicked what I expect in a New England IPA. Although they weren't calling it that, they were calling it a rye IPA, American you know IPA. But I'll tell you what, it it really was good. I really enjoyed it, and for me, you know, I I could classify that as a New England IPA. I, I know that there's a lot of uh, beers coming out that you know a lot in the in our area in Boise. There's a lot of New England hazy style IPAs that that these breweries are starting to, to brew, uh, just to try to mimic that style. Some will be good, and some will be you know, will be failures. And uh, I've called out a couple failures, even from the, some of the bigger breweries that I really enjoy. Uh, that I think that yeah, 
uh, you know, they made an effort. It just didn't pan out. It, it doesn't come across uh, uh, right. And and that's that's a key. Um, everyone's going to try them. Hopefully only the ones that succeed in having a good flavor profile will continue brewing them because I don't want to drink, uh, you know, kind of crappy versions of New England IPA. But, Chris, John and I have already mentioned our take. What do you think? You're in the east, southeast. What do you think of these northeast, north, north, you know, New England IPAs? Are they are they here to stay or, or what? I definitely think they're here to stay because they have they have trickled down uh, into the southeast portion of the country. Um, between uh, I know Angry Chair here locally in Tampa has been making some hazy or juicy IPAs. I know you guys love that term. Yeah, too. juicy, juicy IPAs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I. I I enjoy them. Um, they, they really bring out some really good fruit flavors in them. Yeah. Um, just, I, I like them. I don't think they're going to be a flavor of the week because, like John said, we're we're past the flavor of the week. Yeah, we're, yeah. It's... We're uh, <laughs> they're they're holding on pretty well. It, it seems like in uh, with uh, breweries like um, uh, what's the one up north other than other than uh, the one in Vermont. Anyway, there's the the guys that are making them up in the northeast section of the country are doing really good. Then it's actually trickling down to everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. There's Treehouse. There's uh, Aslan. Uh, there's Trillium. That's Trillium. The one I there's yeah. There's a bunch of ones that are really doing a good job on making these IPAs. And I, and we're John. I mean, John's kind of in an area that he might be able to get some of those. I'm in a bad area. I'm not going to be able to get all those. You know, traditional. New England IPA beers from those breweries. I I have to be in that area to to get them, but John, you might be able to get some. And obviously, Chris, uh, maybe Tampa area is able to bring in some of those beers too. It, you know. Well, between that and I have some really really good friends who are willing to share their um their beer mail with me. Oh, okay. Um, so that's that's been that's how I've been get, able to get a hold of them. Has been able to try. Try other people's. Okay, so you know what? You need to get a hold of... I don't know if Tom Joseph is much into beer mail, but he is right in the heart of a lot of the great uh, New England IPA thing with Aslan and... and uh, I don't know. Now, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Uh, vale. Vale Brewing, Aslan, some other ones he mentioned that are really doing this style really good. Maybe you can do some beer trades with him. If he wants to well, try. it's funny that you mentioned that I actually talked to him the other day. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, do that, and I can't wait to hear about your experiences with those because I know Tom has nothing but great things to say about those beers. Yeah. Well, he was uh, he was potentially going to get a hold of some Cigar City beer that was uh, out in, in Virginia. He's in Virginia, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was potentially going to get a hold of some Marshall Zukoff stout uh, mm-hmm. from cigar city out out his way and uh we had a little conversation about about that when it's released and when he wouldn't when he how he would be able to tell when it was brewed and things like that unfortunately cigar city uh etches the date their brew on date right on the bottle so he was able to find that out oh nice so we were kind of chatting a little earlier today <clears throat> wow um to see uh I, I, he didn't end up buying the bottles from what I remember, but um, 
Marshall Zukov day is tomorrow for us here in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. it's funny because uh, North Carolina, um, North Carolina and Virginia saw it before us even here in Tampa saw it. Damn. Yeah. Wow. But that's, that's because Oscar Blues is brewing for Cigar City now, too. Oh, are they? Oh, wow. Um, the conglomerate that owns Oscar Blues uh, also owns part in Cigar City as well, if I remember how that worked correctly. Okay. Um, something like that. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, we really enjoy hearing from our listeners, and we really enjoy answering your questions. And if you want to be part of the show and provide your comments and questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at tapthecraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tapthecraft. And now comes a time we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and Chris and I put out, then we believe you would also enjoy some great content from the shows like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz segment is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics, and this week, we are going to have our very own Tap the Craft podcast top 10 beers list of all time, or our favorites, or however we deem to rate our top 10 beers, whether it's favorite of all time or just favorite we like to drink. All right, guys. Now, you guys have uh, compiled your lists, and you have uh, your top ten lists. And I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and do a round robin. We'll start with our number ten, and we'll each talk about number ten, and we'll work up to number one, and then we'll have our list done. So who wants to start? I'll start. I'll start. Oh, okay, John. John, you start, then Chris, then I'll go. All right. So uh, my number ten, I'm going to go with the uh, previously mentioned Lane Grant Brewing. Whoa. And their Greenskeeper Session IPA. Um, wait, wait. So this is a beer... This is a favorite of all time? Hey. <laughs> whose list Whose list is this? That's yeah, right, Denny. I, I'm just, just saying. Zip it. This is Lane Grant that you just went to for the first time, I thought, like uh, last week. No. No, not the first time. Okay. I've been there plenty. Okay. And they distribute... Yeah. Don't don't talk about what you don't know. Okay. Um, no, so their Greenskeeper Session IPA, uh, which I was looking at. I actually skipped logging this because I was just too busy drinking the crap out of this beer. <laughs> um, uh, it's just really nice, uh, refreshing, uh, easy to drink beer with uh, just nice hops and, you know, Session IPA that doesn't get astringent or isn't thin or isn't, you know, the, we've, we've gone, gone over a ton of 
issues with session IPAs, and this one this one doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, I was uh, sitting at this spot and looking at this one and uh, Founders All Day. Yeah. And uh, I, I decided to, to give a little little local love, which might just be some recency mm-hmm. um, bias since I I finished my 15-pack of All Day and then I had a bunch <laughs> of this one. But uh, it's my list, and I it's probably different every day. So, okay. you know, that that's my number 10. All right. Hey, I'll buy that. Hey, it's, it, if you enjoy it, then, hey, that, that works. All right. All right, Chris, what's your number 10? So my number 10 is going to be... Uh, Lagunitas, um, where'd it go? Uh, brown sugar. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's, uh, come to find out that that was a failed attempt, <clears throat> a failed attempt at an old, uh, gnarly wine, which is another one of their beers, um, which I'm glad they failed because, uh, this is a definitely a good sit around a bonfire drink beer kind of, kind of beer. Uh, it's a little on the strong side because mm-hmm. I think this was in a this one's a strong ale, but uh, it's just it's it doesn't taste like nine and nine point seven percent ABV. Yeah, no, it's it's a great beer, and uh, I'm glad it's on someone's list because it's not on mine. But hey, I love that beer myself. But coming up with a top ten list is hard, right? Oh yeah, well you know, like we talked about earlier, this is. You know some absolute favorites, and then some, um, some, you know, go to go-tos, yeah, go to beers, and just you know, it's just gonna be a little mix of everything. So yeah, all right, Denny, number ten for you. Okay, so this is probably gonna really freak people out because most people's top ten lists are all full of IPAs, double IPAs, stouts, big giant things that. You know, people love maybe maybe some uh, bourbon barrel or whiskey barrel age stuff, but you know what? In my list, I don't have that kind of crazy stuff. I have stuff that's uh, drinkable, and I'll tell you what: my number ten beer is a beer that I found this year, and I put it on my my top ten because it's a beer that I cannot stop drinking. I, I just can't stop drinking it. I drink so much of this beer this this year. It's crazy. And it's from Mother Earth Brewing. It's their Cali Cream and Cream Ale. And, yes, I have a cream ale on my top ten list. But I have yeah, drank, I have drank a, at least three cases of this in the last few months, and I can't get enough of it. And when I can buy it for $6 a six-pack, and I can drink a six-pack in about an hour – uh, I mean, it's a great beer. So, um, one of my favorite beers right now is uh, Mother Earth's Cali Cream and Cream Ale. So it's on my number ten list. So, John, what's number nine? All right, number nine. Um, going back to back to Seattle uh, for uh, one of my my favorite breweries out there, Rubens, and that's their uh, Kenya Cream Ale. And uh, <clears throat> this is one of those uh, just awesome light mm-hmm. coffee beers that uh, really has that uh, kind of coffee and cream character um, and uh, just very easy to drink, very pleasant. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that I'm 
I'm looking at to try to you know take some inspiration from because uh, they they just did an excellent job. So no, and I, you know what is amazing is that I thought I was going to be the only one that had a cream ale on my top ten list, but now I find that you also have one, and uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, mine's not just the pure pure. No, no, ale, you have but, some uh, coffee in there too, but yeah, but still, it, it, it's nice. Yeah. So, all right, Chris. All right. So number nine for me was Grapefruit Sculpin by Ballast Point. Oh, man. Sell out. Yeah, well, <laughs> they continue to make great beer. I continue to drink it. How was your flight, by the way, Denny? <laughs> it was um, great. It was great. Yeah, good. Um, so, yeah, this one's, this one's one that uh, I fall back on a lot, whether it be um, at the beach or on a boat or, um, you know, just – if I'm out at dinner or something and it's just, it smells so good and it tastes, it tastes almost as good as it smells. So, um, I definitely had to put this one on the list. Sculpin, Sculpin as a base beer is just, I think it's a terrific IPA and then with a little grapefruit flavor and it makes it that much better. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. All right. All right, Denny. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine. So again, I'm going to be bouncing a, around the styles i'm not just focused on the mainstream styles i'm going to be bouncing around so i decided that my number nine beer is from a portland brewery occidental and occidental brewing and it's their hefeweizen and i'll tell you what this hefeweizen i've already mentioned on the show is as being a superb uh style i mean it matches everything i enjoy in a good hefeweizen uh beer style and it is it it it's one of those beers that I see in the store. If I see it comes in 16 ounce cans, and I see it in the store, I'll grab a six pack and I'll bring it home, and I'll end up drinking these and enjoying them. And uh, it's a great beer, and I it I, mean, I, I find that it it has to be on my top ten list because it's just one of those beers that I gravitate to when I see it in the store, and uh, it's a fantastic. Uh, beer that matches what the style what I think a, a great German Hef uh, should taste like so uh, Occidental Brewing's Hefeweizen nice yeah so John you gonna follow up with a Hefeweizen too no no oh come on um as I <clears throat> crack another one of these uh Matry shades um <laughs> I'm gonna gonna stay in Seattle okay and uh I'm gonna go big with my uh, Fremont uh, Barrel-Aged Dark Star. Oh, nice. Um, which has been a, a mainstay in my cellar and uh, something I enjoy, you know, sharing with folks that come in and um, always keep keep one around uh, to celebrate, you know, momentous occasions, that type of thing. I think I still have one left. We've mm. drank a couple after we've come out here, but... Um, yeah, I, it's it's one that I always made sure that I was able to grab at least a couple. And, I mean, I've talked before that I, I don't do that kind of thing very often just mm-hmm. due to budget. But, yeah, to me, this one was, was always worth it. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Dark Star, fantastic. So, good job. Yeah. So, Chris, number So, eight. I'm on number eight. I'm going to go with one that um, it was kind of a gateway beer for me. Um 
And this one was Left Hand's uh, Milk Stout Nitro. Okay. Um, and this was a beer that um, I, I got really interested in because of how you pour it initially. You know, when you get the bottle of it because it's on, uh, it's carbonated with nitrogen that you just tip it up and pour it as hard it. as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah, power dump um, it. <laughs> and I thought that was this, the coolest thing ever. And then um, being that it wasn't, it wasn't very, uh, it wasn't ridiculously roasty or anything like that. It was, it was a really good uh, segue for me to get into, uh, to start getting into craft beer and the darker beers and things like that. So, um, you know, if you're trying to get into darker beers, that might be a, yeah. a good way to go in. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, what do you got for number eight? All right. So I'm going to another beer that every time I see a 22-ounce bottle of this beer on the shelf, I grab it. And I might grab two if there's two available. Uh, another beer that just in the last year or so I found, it came to our area. But this brewery makes fantastic beers. And I don't think they're, they, you know, nobody knows about them, I don't think. And it's from Moylan's out of California, and it's the Dragoon's Dry Irish Stout, another style that doesn't get a lot of love, but when it's done right, it is a fantastic experience, and this brewery does gold medal winning Irish Stouts, and I, like I said, every time I see a bottle on the shelf, I grab it, and I enjoy it, so uh, if you can find it in your area, go grab this one, it's my number eight all-time beer all right next number seven next next number seven come on john (laughs) all right um so number seven i'm staying west coast uh and i'm going with uh my favorite red ale ever oh that's gonna Uh, be the carl strauss Red trolley. Trolley. <laughs> yeah everyone knows that <laughs> everybody knows that because i this is my one of my soapbox beers yeah. um yeah and I, I mean i've told the story i saw a red trolley on tap at the zoo and i figured it was just some kind of you know yeah. some uh, kind of gimmick like beer tourist trap you know type type thing just rebranded you know and uh then we we ended up eating eating dinner at Carl Strauss one night and I had the red trolley and I was kicking myself for not drinking this all day at the zoo. Yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, great beer. I actually emailed back and forth with their brewmaster about the beer. Um, when I was just a lowly home brewer, they took the time to tell me all about it because I was in Washington and couldn't get it anymore Mm. because they don't distribute outside California. Um, but yeah, uh, my own red ale now, uh, you know, is inspired by, by that beer. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, continue that awesome tradition out here in Ohio. So, all right, uh, Chris. All right. Number seven seven for me is going to be, uh, from clown shoes brewing space cake. Oh, their double IPA. Um, uh, Clown Shoes is is another brewery that I have come across that everything that I've tried from them, I have liked. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, I know they use um, mosaic hops in that, and and it's it's almost kind of a West Coast style IPA. 
Um, but it's, it's just one of those that even in the 22 ounce bottle, it disappears way too quickly. Mm, yeah. Um, and I want to say, yeah, this, uh, it's a 9% IP, double IPA and it, um, it makes you think about space cake. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Number seven for you, Denny. Okay, I'm going to go to the West Coast, and I'm going to list my favorite Russian Imperial Stout. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of uh, people would maybe put this also on their top ten list, and it's from North Coast Brewings. It's the Old Rasputin Russian Imperial. And this is probably one of the first Russian Imperial Stouts that I had tasted years ago. I mean, many years ago, at least ten years ago. And I fell in love with it the first time I tried it. And every other Russian Imperial Stout has to, you know, kind of match up to what I taste in this beer. And again, it's just a fantastic beer. Big 10%, uh, big roasted malt, good flavor. Uh, just a great representation of what that style is supposed to be. So that's my number seven. Nice. Yeah, that's a great beer. I, uh, I think I brought one of those with me from Seattle. It was still in the in the fridge. It's like Ooh. quite a few years old at this point. Yeah, yeah. Bust it open. I I think I may. Yeah. Okay. How about number six for you, John? All right, number six. Um, you may be able to tell I've spent some time on the West Coast, <laughs> um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, one of my my first. Uh, favorite breweries out in seattle area and that's uh black raven oh yeah their wisdom seeker uh oh. double ipa oh yeah i've had that and one. uh yes you have that was your uh <laughs> that was my number 500 right 500 yeah <laughs> we have and, a good memory <laughs> uh, yeah we we took we took a picture you know we we had some good dds that day which was thank thankful uh, yeah you know? <laughs> um but yeah this, this was uh you know, one of the first double IPAs that I, I really um, kind of fell in love with. And it was one of the, the first chances I had at, at having one, like, fresh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to try a Pliny, but it had, you know, traveled around a bit. Um, and, the, you know, but this I, I got straight from the source. And it, it was, uh, for me, one of those eye-opening experiences of that so this is what it means when you can have it fresh mm-hmm. and like you know they they just released this it was just brewed and you know so uh it was a it was a big deal and something that i i wanted to share and made sure that that you experience as well then yeah so yeah. um yeah so that's number six for me nice so how about All you right. chris no, number six for me will be founder's breakfast stout oh <laughs> And, uh, I mean, I always see people joking all the time that they pour it into a coffee mug and drink it for <laughs> breakfast. I mean, there's so much coffee in it, but, uh, I mean, it's, um, it's an oatmeal stout mm-hmm. with coffee. Um, there's lots of chocolate flavors and the mouthfeel and it's just, it's, it's really smooth and just, it just kind of coats the tongue and it's almost, uh, I, I don't know if the word therapeutic is good for that, but, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoy that beer a lot. Um, yeah, I would drink that one a lot hmm. if I had it in front of me. No, that's and good. It's just kind of, 
Yeah, it's it's great, and it's it's even better when they barrel age it and <laughs> and you know you make KBS, but but yeah, I'll I'll stick with the uh, breakfast out for number six. Okay. All right. So my number six is again. I I just realized that all of my beers also, John. Now you'll have some that might be outside the West Coast. Well, you did. You already had one, but all mine are on the West Coast, which is sad because I've had good beers outside of the West Coast. But again, the ones I can get all the time and, and enjoy are here where I'm located. So number six is from Stone Brewing, and this is a beer that it may not be like the best beer ever, but it's a beer that has memories for me and a memories of a beer that stood out above and beyond what uh, what was being brewed at the time. It was different, and it had bold flavors, and I had some great times experiencing this beer with my friends and sharing it and having them enjoy it, and uh, so it has a lot of memories, and it's still a beer that when I see in the store and I'm in a mood, I'll grab a 22-ounce ball of it, and I, and I will enjoy it every time I have it, and that is Stone Brewing's Arrogant Bastard Ale, and uh, I know that yeah, most people won't have this on their top 10 list, but again, top 10 lists are not necessarily just the best beers that are available. It's beers that have memories associated with them. As John and I have mentioned before, it's your experiences. It's it's what you've done and, and the people you've experienced it with that make it special. And this beer still to this day has a lot of special meaning to me, and I still enjoy it. So that's my number six. Yeah, but don't you mean arrogant brewers? Well, or arrogant brewings. Uh, I'm going to the bastard. original. I'm going to the original uh, <laughs> thing. I don't know what they've rebranded themselves to, but you're right. They have changed to arrogant well, brewing. Yeah, they have like a separate label for for that beer and all the variations that they do with it. Yeah. But uh, all right, so uh, we'll head into the uh, the top half here. Top five, number five, and. Uh, my number five is something that probably not many people are familiar with, and uh, that's uh, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I I knew this beer needed to be on this list, and I struggled a lot with where to put it. But uh, I mean, this is essentially my safety net. You okay. know, yeah. um, and whenever I'm out somewhere and uh, it, there's probably not a lot of craft available, there's a good chance that I can find Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. True. And, True. and it's there for me mm-hmm. um, when I need it. So, um, and, and, you know, this is still one that uh, I'll I'll pick up and just take with me somewhere if I if I need something. And I'm not sure about the crowd because, you know, it's still accessible but still something i'll i'll drink a whole lot of so you mean your safety beer mm-hmm. yeah it's my safety mm-hmm. beer exactly <laughs> um yeah so that's how i'm gonna start off my uh my top five nice all right how about you chris uh top f- number five for me was going to be again i'm going back to founders i, I don't know what's all this stuff coming out of michigan but uh <laughs> we're going with the uh, founders no. dirty oh, bastard yeah. oh hey <laughs> Hi, oh. Um, <laughs> Founders Dirty Bastard was my number five. And uh, I think when we did the tasting notes on this one uh, 
couple episodes ago. I want to say I had three or four that night, and it was um, <laughs> it was a good night. Oh yeah, that make you uh, feel good. Yeah, it was you know sweet, maybe a little smoky, a little hops in there, and it was it's just a. I just love that beer. That's uh, that that would be a good safety beer for me. Uh, a, a beer that I would share with you know people new to craft beer, but apparently you guys wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you, you yeah. share it because then you make sure they don't touch the rest of your six pack. That's at right. The party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep it to yourself. You guys had no idea. Yeah, you try this; it's good. I hate it. Good. Well, I'll I'll, I'll drink it for you. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's my number five. Is founder's dirty bastard. Nice. All right, so my number five is coming from a brewery that uh, was early in my craft beer journey, and uh, it's still a brewery that I really respect a lot. It right now, in, in current times, they still produce some fantastic beers. They're always doing new stuff that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but at least they try. And for the most part, they're good beers. And that's from Deschutes Brewery. And uh, it's the Black Butte Anniversary Imperial Porter. Now, I would say that I, I was kind of torn between picking the Black Butte Porter regular and the Anniversary L. And kind of, I'm going to link them both into the same check-in. I'm going to do two for one because the Blackfeet Porter is still a, a porter that I thoroughly enjoy drinking and was one of the first dark beers that I had, craft beers that I had that I really enjoyed way back in the early 90s. And the Anniversary Ale is just that beer amped up to another level that has such great flavors. And I never miss... Uh, opportunity every year to have this beer and sure I, I I'll usually have it on draft uh, each year and I'll buy a bottle or two to save for the next year and I I love it it's a great beer and it, it, it has to be on my top five beers of all times that I, I thoroughly enjoy nice yeah I almost put that on my list mm. as well yeah so good we almost made a, a so far None of our beers have uh, populated each other's lists. And that one almost populated John's list, so that's good. Yeah, that makes it almost something that (laughs) someone will care about. Um, So uh, number four, um, I actually went with uh, my, well, our, the the, the official Tap the Craft beer of uh, 2016. That's uh, Boneyard's Notorious. Yeah. Whoa, nice. Nice. Um, and uh, so I first experienced this beer uh, in Philadelphia at uh, Monk's Cafe. Um, Which is odd. And <laughs> it's so far <laughs> away from Bend. It's just so odd. It's way out there. Yeah, well, they, they have a special relationship with a lot of breweries. Um, there's a reason that uh, you can get Pliny in Philadelphia. Mm. Or, you you know, there was a reason that that was the only place you get Pliny in Philadelphia for a long time. And... Uh, that's what everybody was going in for that night when I was there. But, uh, I tried a couple different things. Another of which is still remaining on this list. Mm. So, uh, um, but yeah, that was a, it was a really good night. So, um, but yeah, we, we talked at length about this beer, uh, already and, um, you can check out our, our end of year for, for 2016. If you want more, but (laughs) yeah, great beer. 
So uh, how about you, Chris? Number All right. four. So we're at number four. We're going with Cigar City's White Oak Highlight, their oh, yeah. IPA. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then the, the Highlight itself, their IPA is a beer that I go to a lot. Um, I would consider this a safety beer, especially down here. Um, you know, when I get to places that may not have the greatest of beer selections, normally you can always find Highlight on tap. Um, but when they do their White Oak, uh, treatment for that beer uh, it is one beer that um, gets consumed very quickly in our house. Well, at least for me in our household um, that uh, I just really enjoy because the oak is just, it's, it's just right. It's not overpowering. It's not, it uh, doesn't give it any solvent, solvent type flavors or anything like that. It just, it works out very well with the different types of hops that they use in their beer and, uh, I'm definitely happy to have that one on number four on my list. Nice. All right, Denny, what's on your number four? Okay, so again, um, the only brewery that will make a double appearance on my list is Deschutes Brewery. And anyone that knows me knows that there's a spear during a special season of the year that I never fail to drink cases of every winter. And that's Jubilee. And uh, the beer changes slightly every every year. It's, it tastes a little bit different. They pretty much keep a, a similar flavor profile, but I've tasted differences from year to year. And the Jubilee is a winter warmer that I absolutely love. And uh, it's it's my number four. And and anyone that's listened to the show knows that uh, that John and I and well that we you know we did a tasting notes segment on it, but we enjoy that beer for sure. I actually almost put that on my list. Oh, another one. We almost, almost. Well, you got, you didn't because we <laughs> heaven forbid we share a top ten beer. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, top three. Um, so at number three, uh, I'm going with uh, a beer from from over the pond, and that's Whoa. from Closter uh, Andex and their Doppelbach Dunkel. Well, holy smokes. Uh, <laughs> So this is, uh, it, it's one of those beers that the experience also, uh, factored in, you know, and, uh, Kristen and I had a, had a week in Munich and we took the train out to Cluster Index up on this monastery up on the hill, overlooking the German countryside and enjoying some amazing beers. And, uh, you know, this one just really captured me, um, some really nice toasted notes and you know doesn't overwhelm you with sweetness and uh easy to drink and uh i I just i really enjoyed it and uh yeah so that that's number three for me and they they do bottle and you can get it um in the u.s uh but uh i i haven't even they did have it in seattle at the bottle shop that i frequented but i i never I never grabbed it because I was always afraid that uh, after making the long journey to Seattle that it just wouldn't hold yeah. up to the, <laughs> the memories that I had of that beer. And, um, you know, so uh, you can get it. I, I won't speak to um, how well it, it'll hold up. Um, it, it's hit and miss with a lot of those European beers. But, uh, you know, for me, that, that one, uh, drinking it from the source, uh, you know, up on the German... German hillside was uh was awesome. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, it's all an experience. Okay. Uh, so number three for me was um, was from Angry Chair right here in Tampa was Dave's uh, oh, bourbon yeah. barrel barley wine. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sad to say, unless they make more of it, uh, that was a one-time release and it is no longer in production. And uh, in, 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 in slight comparison to the... <clears throat> barley wine that I talked about in our new and noteworthy section. Um, the, not only was the barley wine good, but then it was sitting on bourbon barrels for about a year. And it was, there was all kinds of bourbon, uh, barrel character in the beer that, uh, I, they just, they did it just right. I mean, it was, uh, it was not too overpowering. It wasn't too sweet. It was just Every every flavor profile in that beer was just right, and uh, man, I hope I hope some. I wish upon a wish that they make that beer again because it was so good. It, yeah, it was great, and I'm I really appreciate Chris that you shared that with me uh, when we were in Vegas because I I enjoyed that myself. All right, Denny, what's on number three for you? Okay, well, we've all been talking about the, the go-to beer, the comfort beer, whenever we need something that we just enjoy. And number three is that beer for me. Uh, it's a beer that from the very first time I tried it, I fell in love with it. And again, I, when I see it on the shelves at the grocery, I just automatically walk up and pick up a six-pack along with whatever else I'm buying, and, and I can drink it all the time. And this is from my favorite Idaho brewery, Grand Teton Brewing. It's their Bitch Creek American Brown Ale. And this beer has won numerous gold medals, so I don't need to talk it up too much. It is a world-class brown ale, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great one. And it is my comfort beer that I can just go to anytime I need to have something familiar. All right, John, nice. number, number two. All right, number two. I'm going back to back to Philly. Uh-oh. At, uh oh. Monk's Cafe, and oh, wow. uh, I mentioned that a whole bunch of people were there uh, <laughs> during the National Homebrewers Conference. Come for on, Pine man. And Come on, number two. And, you also uh, rated two. Hold on. Okay. You know, don't interrupt this, rude. <laughs> um, and uh, I knew uh, from uh, listening to some other folks that. Uh, this was also a spot to get uh, Cantillon in the U.S. <laughs> and I asked, and they had a bottle, and I sat at the bar and drank a bottle of Cantillon's Classic Goose by myself oh. because Wes and his brother-in-law were big wusses and went home oh. already. Um, so I enjoyed that beer by myself, uh, and it led to a night that I didn't get back to the hotel till 4.30 in the morning <laughs> and didn't arrive back to any activities till uh, I had missed a whole bunch of phone calls uh, on my phone. But uh, it, this is one of those beers I have, the bottle and the cork um, still. Um, and uh, it was one of the, my first uh, experiences with anything uh, sour, and, uh, you know, it, it was another one of those eye opening, um, experiences mm. and, uh, yeah. So Cantillon classic goose, that's my, my yeah. number two. Well played. Well mm -hmm. played. Damn. If that's your number two, I'm, I'm excited to hear about what number <laughs> one is. 
so my number two was 20 year storm from heavy seas brewing out of my hometown of Baltimore, Whoa. Uh, which was an Imperial ESB uh, oh, aged wow. in bourbon barrels for their 20th anniversary. <laughs> Um, I'm sad to say that this is another beer that is no longer in production. Um, this was back in 2015 and, uh, this was, um, a gift to me from the beer buyer at our local grocery store who is now a good friend of mine. Um, art is, uh, is one of my friends who came down to Florida to experience Hunapu day, uh, this past March. And, uh, he got me that bottle. And it was probably one of the one of the best bourbon barrel aged beers that I've probably ever had. And it was kind of nice that it was from my, you know, my hometown of Baltimore, Maryland, too. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So my number two is our first repeat of the night. And it's one that John had already mentioned from Boneyard Beer, it's notorious triple IPA. Uh, we've already mentioned enough. Uh, it's a fantastic beer from a fantastic brewery, and it's my number two. So, John, let's lead in to the, your number one beer on your top ten list. All right. So I I mentioned at number ten that there might have been some recency <laughs> bias okay. on what I what I went with, and uh, so number one that may be a factor with how I rank these beers today because I've been craving this beer and I haven't been able to get it. And that is the Fremont lush. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Denny Denny and I have talked about this beer at length and, uh, it's, it's an IPA that, uh, to me, you know, there, I'll, I'll say this. There are, there are some critics of the new England IPA style, which we've already discussed tonight. Uh, that say that this started out of brewers that weren't keeping the best practices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And these cloudy beers became norm because they just weren't brewing at a quality that, you know, kind of defined the style, Um, that they weren't brewing clear beers and that kind of thing. Well, this beer has some of those amazing flavors um, the quality is there, uh, you know, it, it kind of, uh, you know, in, in a sea of IPAs where that's just, you know, the thing that's available everywhere. You mentioned that with the, uh, Portland craft brewers festival, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's all yeah. you could get. I mean, this thing, this Fremont lush has just kind of stood above and, uh, you know, it could be that it was taken from me um, when I moved. You know, it was taken from me. I didn't abandon it. Um, that, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm happy that everybody out in the Seattle area can start to get this, and well, really anywhere Fremont distributes because it's it's a year round yeah. beer now for them. So that's that's my number one right now nice. for today. That's nice. a pretty good number one. <laughs> All right, Chris, how about your number one? All right, so my number one, I don't know what it is about the state of Michigan that is making me uh, oh my gosh. name beers today, uh, but it's from Perrin Brewing. It Ooh. is their No Rules Vietnamese Porter. Oh. Um, this beer is a 15% Imperial <laughs> Porter that is 
aged in bourbon barrels. I, I'm, at least I'm hoping that's what it what it was, if I remember correctly. But it's aged in bourbon barrels um, with coffee and uh, turbinado sugar, and some and there's coconut in there as well. Um, this is a 15% beer that uh, drinks way too easy to be a 15% beer mm. and will get you into so much trouble. Uh, but it is so good, and just drink it. Go out and find it. If you if you can find it, go get it. Go drink it. Um, you will not be disappointed. Um, this was shared with me from a friend of mine down here in Florida, and uh, yeah, so it was a porter made with coconut, turbinado sugar, and then aged in bourbon barrels for several months. Mm. Um, yeah, get a hold of it if you can. Yeah, sounds good. Definitely my number one. (laughs) All right. Well, my number one is a beer that lived up to the hype. And uh, I am not even concerned that that I am listing a beer that uh, has been on the number one beer list for so many years that got dethroned this last year. But... Russian River's Pine the Elder lived up to the hype when I had it, and I still would die to have... I wouldn't die, but I would go out of my way to get more of this beer because I really enjoyed the way that they... Uh, you know, the the way that they brewed this beer and the, and the style characteristics of it for a double IPA is so delicate and flavorful and light that uh, the Plain of the Elder is, is my number one beer that if I could get it here in, in my area, I'd drink it all the time. I really like it. So I need to plan another trip back to, uh, back to uh, Santa... Wait, where are they at? Uh, Santa Rosa? No, I can't remember where they're at. Wherever they're at and, uh, yeah, and buy and some more. Right. I think it is Santa Rosa, right? I, can't, I all of a sudden drew a blank, but uh, we, we brought back a case and I... Wish I would have brought back uh, three cases because it's, it's really good. So that's my number one. That's no uh, nothing special. Just something that I really enjoyed and I look forward to drinking whenever I can get my hands on it. So there we go. We only had one repeat from three people. Top ten. We only had one beer that showed up on both lists. But John, you uh, you you your lovely wife, Kristen, also made a top 10 list. You want to share what her top 10 is? I'm curious to see what, what she enjoys. Sure. And, uh, yeah, she insisted that, uh, these are in no particular order. Oh, okay. So, um, I'll read them off and, uh, we can, we can uh, pick it apart. But, uh, so she's got the new Belgium citradelic, the tangerine version, not the, uh, the lime. Okay. Uh, she also had the Black Raven Wisdom Seeker. Um, Fireson Walker uh, Subaka. They're, uh, they're probably one there she enjoys. Um, Fremont. Uh, she also went with a Fremont bourbon barrel-aged beer, but uh, she went with the Abominable, uh, their winter ale. Oh, yeah. And uh, she specified a uh, coconut version that we had at a beer festival. Um, that that she really liked, so I I was giving her uh, giving her a little crap that you know no one would ever taste that, um, but uh, Chris already ensured that that's okay for these lists. It's her list; so, she can have whatever she wants on her list. It's okay. Uh, that's right. Um, 
she included the Fremont uh, Lush yeah. um, IPA, uh, the Black Raven Cocoa Jones. Uh, it's a um, good one too, yeah. So uh, a couple beers from Georgetown, their Gusta Crema, um, uh, yeah. which is uh, right in line with uh, my Kenyan Rubens Kenya Cream Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both excellent uh, coffee beers. Uh, and then also the Georgetown Lucille uh, IPA, which uh, was one of the the first IPAs that we both kind of fell in love with out out in the uh, Seattle area. Uh, the Sierra Nevada Celebration, yeah, um, made yep. her list. Uh, I found that was on the top ten of the uh, other lists we had too. So, yeah, um, and then uh, also her her last one is from uh, Cascade Brewing. Oh, and it's not a sour. Uh, it's their diesel, um, Imperial stout, uh, that we had down there, um, which has like cocoa nibs, vanilla, uh, like three other things that sound awesome in Imperial stout. Um, (laughs) but, uh, like anise. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. No? Okay. Um, but, uh, that, that's an excellent beer. And I, uh, I, I did almost have that one on my list too. So how did she it, remember that one beer. unique beer that she had one time that stuck out in her mind? She, I mean, that's amazing. She remembered that one beer. Well, I, I'm willing to say that that's her number one overall because really? it was the first thing that came out of her mouth when uh, we, when I brought this up on our drive-in for our uh, our market research night. <laughs> so, well, that's awesome. That's awesome, and. Um, it's interesting because of our lists, um, I had, uh, one that was on the, the top 10 of the other one we talked about and, and she had one on the top 10, but no one else had any of the beers in the top 10 as far as I remember, unless I've, it's because we're I, fiercely independent. Yeah. So it's nice to see. Yeah. That I'm, we, I'm not going to be told what my favorite beers are <laughs> like you, you sheep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. So there we go. Those are the top 10 Tap the Craft host beers. And, uh, you and Chris. Oh, and, wait. And, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> thank you for covering that. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be labeled like that. Yeah. yeah. We haven't come to agreement on that contract, so yeah, we can't, yeah. well, we don't okay. want to speak too soon. So, so basically everyone got almost, uh, they got 29 beers that they should go out and try because it's on the top 10 list of one of the three of us. So uh, that's awesome. Did you guys want to uh, talk about the uh, shorts brewing announcement? Sure. Okay. So in case nobody has heard, um, I was notified by our buddy Tim Price, who lives in Michigan and who is a fan of shorts brewing. Um, the news came out, I think on Thursday, that uh, Shorts Brewing Company announced a partnership with Lagunitas Brewing Company, where basically Lagunitas uh, U.S. Holdings, they're called Lush, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny that they have a holdings company called Lush. <laughs> they have uh, gone in and purchased twenty, almost 20, 19.99% equity in Shorts Brewing out of Michigan. And... Uh, so kind of, it's, it's, I don't know. What do you think, John? It's, it's, it's 20%. So it's below the 25% that, uh, would deem Schwartz to no longer be a craft brewery, but it was enough percentage that 
I saw that there was a lot of people that were actually talking out against this, uh, you know, investment opportunity for shorts. And I thought, man, it's only 20%. And shorts, as far as I understand, watching their video and hearing what they were talking about in going into this partnership was all about trying to support their employees, giving their employees more opportunities uh, and, and such. And I, I thought that, uh, yeah, you know, it's only 20%. There still should be labeled a craft brewery. And now Lagunillas is helping them along in solidifying their company's uh, benefits package or whatever to help uh, help them out. But what do you think about this merger? Or not merger, but this this uh, equity purchase uh, by Lagunillas? Um. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, Craft Brewery Brewers Association, like, as you mentioned, that's 25%. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is kind of nice that this wasn't one of those 24.9%, yeah, like yeah. Brooklyn a, Brewing and, yeah, and uh, yeah, Kieran. Yeah, it's a whole 5% uh, below it, so it's not... But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's an easy hot take every time there's one of these that, you know, you swear them off forever. Um but then, uh, you know, if if you uh, followed that person, they probably were back in there within next week uh, if they were, you know, local. Mm-hmm. But um, one one of the things I, I, I liked about this is that uh, all the press was that Lagunitas was buying this. Yeah, steak. yeah. Um, it, when really uh, Heineken is buying this steak yeah. because <laughs> Heineken owns 100% of, of Lagunitas. Um, and it, it was more for me, one of those, well, that's, that's curious that that's the way they chose to, uh, to go about this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, from, from Heineken's point of view, it's kind of a smart way to go about it. Let Lagunitas be the, you know, the purchasing front, mm-hmm. um, if you will, uh, because, you know, as, as much as we like to discuss these things, uh, there's a whole lot of folks that have no idea that Lagunitas is, is owned by Heineken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to them, it's just hey, another craft, a craft brewery is helping out another craft brewery mm-hmm. because they don't know, um, that Lagunitas is not, you know, by the Brewers Association definition, a craft brewery. Yeah. So, um, so go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so just a few months ago when, Lagunitas announced that they were selling the rest of their 50% uh, to, to Heineken, and Tony McGee was stepping into a corporate position. Um, do you think this is what their plan was? Is Tony McGee was going to step into a, this lush Lagunitas U.S. Holdings company, and they were going to start investing in other craft breweries to help them out? Is that you think this is what the whole plan was? Well, I mean, this is not the first one that they've done. Um, uh, Lagunitas U.S. Holdings has a couple of, of other stakes as well. Really? Um, and I'm blanking on what those are right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this isn't the first thing that they've that they've done. Okay. And it, I think it all happened after at least the first 50% um, to Heineken. Hmm. But uh, I'd, I'd have to fact check that. Um, but um, yeah, so I, you know, 
We'll see how long uh, Tony McGee is in is in this role. Uh, a lot of times with these type of deals, there's a you know an agreement that you'll you'll stay on for so many months or so many years, and you know just to smooth over this transition, and then you're free to go about your your life and and do whatever you want. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or two we see that that Tony McGee rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was interesting um, to me. And, uh, you know, it, if anybody's curious, uh, Shorts Brewing Company actually did a podcast uh, for their, their company. Um, and they did uh, over 150 episodes, I oh, think, wow. um, that it, it, it ended – maybe six to eight months ago. Um, and I, I found it near the end of its life. Um, but, uh, it, it was a, a really neat, neat thing. And they, uh, not only talked about the brewery, but a lot of their local partners that they worked with for, you know, things they had in the tap room and events they would do and, and other folks around the area, uh, and other local businesses. And, uh, it, it was really neat. So, um, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I had the the shorts um, uh tonight, and I, you know, I know it's a coincidence, but this news came out, and today I went to the store, and it was the first time I've ever seen a shorts beer um, on the shelf. Um, <laughs> and it, I mean, obviously, it had to be in the works before this ever came out. Um, but uh, you know, it was just a uh, very very funny. So. I had to pick it up, yeah. Uh, just to just to have on the show. So yeah. awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't know. I'm uh, I haven't had any shorts brewing beer, so it's hard for me to even have a, a a care in the world. But at least it was uh, my take on it. It's twenty percent helping out the brewery in supporting their employees. As far as what what the uh, the co owners were talking about on their uh, YouTube. The video that they put out and i think that there was confusion in the in the initial release because they didn't really talk about how much was going on or whatever and people were thinking that that lagunillos was you know picking up over 50 percent or, or a majority stakehold in the company and it turned out that people were getting freaked out over nothing they just didn't know that it was a smaller uh, percentage and that shorts is still going to be able to do what they've been doing all along they still have creative uh, control over their brewery they're just getting a little assistance to help support you know their employees and so i don't know i, I thought it was a i thought it was a better uh option than total sellout so and we'll see uh, tim please provide us your input i know that you're the one that that linked this article to us on twitter uh with the video and i that's when i first watched it so let us know what you think. I know you said it hits home to you because it's the one that's closest to you that's a, that's been affected by big beer. Um, let me know what your what your thoughts are. Okay, guys, guess what? Uh, it's getting uh, long in the show. We've we've uh, dragged this thing on long enough. It's time to bring the show to a close. But before we do that, uh, let's give ourselves opportunity to raise a glass to some people we want to raise a glass to. So, Mr. Chris, who do you want to raise a glass to tonight? 
I'd like to send out uh, raise a glass to my friend James Martinez. Uh, got James is a um, a founders member over at Zephyr Hills Brewing with me, um, and I was just glad to spend some time with him at the Inoculum Tap Takeover at the Mermaid Tavern the other day when we just got to just uh, sit, relax, enjoy some beers, and uh, spend some time together. He lives a little. Um, he lives about a half hour to 40 minutes away from me. So I don't get to see him or the other founders members as much, but it was good to spend some time with him. So I just wanted to raise my glass to you, James. Um, he was telling me that he also does listen to the podcast. So, oh, you know, awesome. You, you, uh, gain a few points in my eyes in that if you're, if you're actively listening to the podcast. <laughs> so cheers to you, James. It was great to spend time with you, buddy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, John, how about you? You have anyone to raise a glass to? Uh, yeah, I'm raise a glass to the the folks that have been interacting on the uh, the Trek Facebook page. We've had a lot of uh, discussion going on, and folks actually planning uh, their visits already, uh, gathering their their groups of friends. Um, so it's been real fun watching that. And uh, you know, anytime I, I mention that our Facebook and everything like that, I gotta give props to Kristen because she's doing a great job keeping all that up to date and getting the blog post put together and, and put out. So uh, cheers to all you folks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know what? You think Kristen would take over the tap to craft Twitter uh, thing and, and, and keep our site up to date <laughs> as far as Twitter. <laughs> Chris does a great job on Facebook, but I need someone to help me with Twitter. So maybe she can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, she might have a little bit on her plate right now, but uh, you know, okay we'll see what we can work out all right all right uh, she she is doing a great job i just wanted to say that uh you know what i'm going to raise my glass to mr james martinez too thank you for listening and thank you for being uh, a friend to our buddy chris and you need to come and, and visit him more often and drink with him he needs some uh you know some drinking buddies uh, yeah he needs to stay healthy so he needs, stay healthy. needs folks to drink with yeah he's not drinking enough beer that's why he's got this head cold so wait, it's James's fault that I got sick. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's not drinking enough with you. That's pretty much okay. That's what I'm going to take from it. So, <laughs> I t- should I take my toast back from him then? No, no. You I... can toast him. No, toast him. Okay. I'm toasting him too. Raise my glass okay. to James. <clears throat> uh, and also, I want to raise my glass to Brad for his awesome email and for Robert. Chew your beer. He's been uh, on our Twitter. He's, I guess, McLeod is going through and and canning beers now. And there's a a couple beers that uh, they're going to can and he wants to send our way. I'm, hey, Robert, if you do that, fantastic. But if you don't, fantastic too. I just appreciate the thought. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that the beer scene down there in the L.A. area is, is really getting good for you. And uh, have fun. Enjoy the beer for sure. And, of course, all of our great listeners. And, Chris, thank you for joining us. We always enjoy having you on the show. And uh, maybe one day... Uh, we'll get through these uh, contract negotiations that you and John are fighting through and uh, get you on here full time. <laughs> well, John's a stubborn bastard. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I have to do what's in the best interest of the show. You yeah. Know. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know, and also I just need to raise my glass to all the military men and women out there that are protecting our freedoms. Cheers to you. Come home safely to your family soon. And, of course, Hopcloth. I want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with this. And I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing and glassware and other fine 
articles and tell them that Tap the Craft sent you. And you can find the beers and the links to the article we mentioned on the show on the show notes uh, located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA, and uh, more importantly, uh, Kristen and uh, Trek Brewing's followings uh, can can be seen on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or uh, visit the website trekbeer.com for all those blog posts. Excellent. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or you can follow me on Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, I'm always available at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. Excellent. Excellent. All right. It is last call. It is time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, Podbean or however you listen to your podcast because if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. And, of course, as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.